You're listening to Side Hustle Pro, the podcast that teaches you to build and grow your side hustle from passion project to profitable business. And I'm your host, Nikayla Matthews Okome. So let's get started. Hey, hey guys, welcome, welcome back to the show. It's Nikayla here. And today in the guest chair, we have Erica Chambers, the CEO and co-founder of Puzzles of Color. Now, I really enjoyed what Erica had to say about how she and her brother co-founded this business smack dab in the middle of the pandemic. She used that idle time to really think through something that her and her family had done for years, which is building puzzles together. And the one thing they realized was lacking were puzzles that showcase people of color. And after trying to get other people to do it, Erica and her brother finally realized it was up to them to solve this problem. So we get into how they started, how they're growing, how they're realizing what to take off their plate and what to keep on their plate and so much more. So let's get right into it. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the guest chair, Erica. So happy to have you. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Yes. So for those of you who don't know, um, Erica, can you share a little bit more about, you know, who you are, what you currently do and what your business is? Sure. Absolutely. I am Erica Chambers. Um, My business is Puzzled of Color, and we actually work with artists of color exclusively to license their pieces and turn them into puzzles. Um, So we have anything from some smaller, like 60 piece puzzles, all the way up to thousand piece puzzles, with the majority of our puzzles being 500 and thousand piece. Um, But yeah, it's a family run business. My brother and I are like, you know, in the daily grind of uh, also very involved parents that are there also really help with the business as well. Um, But yeah, we uh, have been in business since July of 2020. So we are a pandemic baby. Wow. So (laughs) you are obviously a side hustler. Now tell me, Mm -hmm. was this your first experience with side hustling or have you started other side businesses before? Uh, This is my first experience. My brother is a lot more adventurous as far as like has always wanted to have his own business he's always he's had several throughout um you know his lifetime okay but i have i've always thought about being an entrepreneur but never actually done it so this is my first like official step in that in that world and this is yeah my first time oh cool (laughs) so why puzzles of color how did this come to be and you know where did the inspiration come from we actually grew up doing puzzles as a family since we were very, very young, like elementary school age. My mom um, always had made sure that we had a puzzle to do to keep us entertained <laughs> during the winter break. She's a lawyer, so she's like, I don't have time to like <laughs> keep up with this. you kids. You're out of school, but I still have to work. And so like it was something that she gave us as like a way to keep us entertained, to keep us like out of her hair, basically. Um, and we just really, you know, enjoyed it and gone on to it like for years. We did the same puzzle over and over, and then every year we just got excited about like what puzzle are we gonna buy this year? Are we gonna are we gonna do a thousand pieces? We're gonna do a fifteen hundred? Like we just kept growing and growing and growing. Um, And so as we got older, we realized like we were never finding. My mom was really big about like making sure there was representation, and so. For her, if it was not a black person on it, or like she's, of course, you know, appreciate all races, but she's like, I want you to see black people because we lived in a lot of predominantly white neighborhoods and schools. And so 
for her, like she was looking for puzzles that have black people and it was really difficult to do. We found a few, but not very many. And so as I got older, I noticed that was still an issue. Um, and so when I was pregnant back in 2019, I was doing a puzzle, putting a puzzle together to put in my nursery. And I realized like, I cannot find a black puzzle to save my life. Oh, man. <laughs> so, yeah. And so that was kind of like where I said like, Hey, William, you have a friend that's an artist. Like, you think she would be interested in turning her, turning that piece that I love so much into a puzzle? And then we just like, you know, grew from there. So William being your brother? Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so at that time, did you think it would become a business or were you just thinking, I want to commission this one time puzzle artwork? <laughs> <laughs> well, the idea was a one time thing. And I specifically said, Hey, you should tell Kwanzaa, this, which is the artist, you should tell her to make puzzles. Yeah. <laughs> and like, that was like lobbying it over to somebody that. else. Always trying to give somebody else a business. You should exactly. make this for me. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, but then my brother, of course, with his entrepreneur history and experience was like, oh, that's a great business idea. Like, yeah. you should do this. And then, you know, from there, we started like looking at other artists, looking at the manufacturing, like mm. really trying to get all the details so that we could, you know, turn it into a business. But I will say we definitely have grown much faster than we ever anticipated. Mm. That's what happens <laughs> um, when you hit on a need, you know? <laughs> Very true. <laughs> Where did you even begin? You said you started researching factories and things like that. I mean, do you just kind of Google factory that makes puzzles? How do you even start yeah. that process? <laughs> I tell you, that is the hardest part. Of, that was the, a very hard part. Like just like figuring out how do puzzles get made? Yeah. Um, and so we looked up different companies and we were trying to figure out like, well, how can we make this happen? Um, and a lot of the companies we reached out to just based on like the quantities that we like, we were like, we don't know what the audience is. So we're like, can we order 50, mm -hmm. you know, and, and they were like, oh, that'll be $40 per puzzle or something crazy. Wow. Like the amounts were like stupid high. And we were like, that's not feasible. Like we can't sell for that. So from there we ended up actually, I found a book that's called how to start a puzzle business. Like I did or something like that. What? It's literally There's it a, a book for everything. Long sentence. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> And so a person who had a similar experience of trying to find, you know, how to make a puzzle um, ended up saying like, hey, I did all the research. So you don't have to. Um, and so I read the book like literally overnight and we had like it was Juneteenth was like everybody, we were all my family was off work. So we like went up my mom's house, had a barbecue. And I was like, OK, I read the book. <laughs> this is what we need. <laughs> and we <laughs> and we started to like search for like a roller die machine mm. and like the, the kind of board you need to, and like a company that can print and mount and all this stuff. That's amazing. <laughs> that is amazing. And I, what I love about that story too, is the fact that it's Juneteenth and you're like, all right, guys, here is how we are going to start this family business. You know, like how yep. symbolic is that <laughs> on that date? So now you see yep. these pieces start coming together, um, but you work full time. So how does your experience and what you do full time, if at all, how does that help with you starting a business and applying that to your own business? Uh, well, you know, that is one thing that's 
beautiful about you know being in a family business is that my my brother and I are very complimentary of each other. Um, so he is a creative, like he he works with all of the artists and like finds the pieces and um and he has actually he used to work in printing mm-hmm. um <laughs> for a printing company. He's a graphic designer. He did our logo, and so he has that knowledge and that experience. Mm-hmm. And then on my end, I uh, what well, used to be I actually went to school for event management. Um, But I ended up in the corporate world doing project management and process management. And so I had like that very organized experience. I knew like, how do we get this project done? Like if we say we want a collection by this day, what are the steps to get to that point? Um, And so I kind of handle like the business side of like making sure we we get our goals and he handles like the creative side. Ah, That project management experience, I mean, that alone, that just comes in handy. So, and I mean, your hospitality sure. experience, I'm sure too, just dealing with different personality types, like, which <laughs> like, I kind of tell the hospitality background, but okay, I really love that. So <laughs> so now you guys are start, yeah. starting things up. Um, besides like getting the materials and the physical aspect of the business together, what are some things you started to consider about, you know, what you really need if you're going to make this a serious business, a long-term thing? Like what are some ducks that you started to get into a row? Uh, well, you know, of course, just the general stuff of like licensing your business. Like William, when he come, when we, we had a lot of different company names mm-hmm. in our head and he was like Googling them all like, okay, does this already exists? Like, you know, we, we need to go ahead and get the name registered, all that kind of stuff like that generic, yeah. just every business needs to have. Um, and when you say registered, you mean get your trademark for it? Yeah, well, not the trademark. We we did we actually didn't apply for that for a while, but like getting registered with the state and um, getting your name, yes, yes. Um, you know, it's licensed. Good. Yeah, with that. I just wanted to clarify that because and and yes. I like that you talk about doing it later because a lot of people get really hung up on oh I got to trademark this and all this other stuff and you yeah. know that could come later as long as your name's not taken you know and you register yes. it and you start putting it in use. Not legal advice, y'all. Disclaimer: Not yeah. legal advice. <laughs> times people change their names and so you, they, they start this trademark process and you're not even going to end up using that name so you, you get your we, we did we changed yeah. our name over time so oh, like you did. okay yeah yeah we started we were going to be puzzles by us or something like that. <laughs> i don't remember um and we like we like had registered like not registered but like we had like created a facebook page and mm. we i think we did register it with the state but then over time like i was up in the middle of the night breastfeeding um, and was like, you know what? Like, if we really are talking about like, we're working with artists of color, we're, you know, wanting to uplift and show representation, like why not puzzles of color to play on like people of color. And so from there, you know, we decided to to change everything, change up our name and change how we branded like our color scheme and everything. Um, So it kind of grew. I love the name. (laughs) And I'm I'm almost like, wow, that wasn't taken. Like that is just so I like straightforward names. Like I'm that person that I love a straightforward name. (laughs) Because it just makes branding so much easier. It just makes like marketing so much easier. Like yes, you still Mm -hmm. have to put dollars behind ads and things like that. But when people see the ads, they know what you are. They don't have to take 10 yep. more seconds to try to figure out what your business is. That was the plan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what what have been some of the challenges as you got started? You know, it sounds like it's starting to sound linear, almost like you did this, and you did that, and then everything started to come together. But were there <laughs> any tough moments and how did you deal with them? 
there have been a series of tough moments. Uh, I definitely have had moments where I was just laying in bed, like, why did I do this to myself? (laughs) I was living a perfectly fine life. (laughs) And why did I set myself up for all of this work? (laughs) It is, um, it is a constant struggle. Um, Mm. (laughs) We were very fortunate in that my mother just knows people. She actually went to high school with um, a person who's actually a local CBS newscaster. And so she said, oh. hey, we're starting this business and you really should cover us. And he decided to to, to cover us. And then from there, we got um, national news coverage and we were on CBS This Morning and oh, nice. a few other shows, which was fantastic. Um, however, that was a, that was literally, I think we had started selling in October and they put us on the news in January. Okay. And so there was a significant, um, <laughs> um, uh, a lot of attention put on us mm-hmm. suddenly, a sudden significant spike, that's the word. Um, and so from there we ended up, we actually used to cut in house. That was the way the book taught us, like, this is how you make your own puzzles. And, um, the good thing about that is during COVID, a lot of the puzzle companies were not taking new customers. And oh. so even if we wanted to hire a company, a manufacturing company, we could not find any. Um, and so we learned how to cut our own puzzles. And that was really the story that that was shown across CBS and you know all the different newscasters. Um, and so from there, we got an influx of orders, like thousands <laughs> of orders within moments <laughs> and um, could no longer <laughs> keep that up uh, because literally I think we had we had we knew that we were going to be on the news like we filmed it in December and then it aired in January so we knew that it was coming so we like mm-hmm. every single day we're cutting as many puzzles as we could and yeah. I think we had maybe cut like 2,000 puzzles and we sold out before we the show had even aired in our city wow <laughs> because it airs, of course, in on the East Coast first, and we were like, "Why are all these sales coming in? We haven't even shown on the TV. We have it hasn't came up yet, and didn't know that it actually does not air simultaneously." So, oh, um, <laughs> so yeah, we um, had to, you know, handle like you know a lot of customer service things of like, "Hey, I'm so sorry, there is going to be a significant delay in yeah. getting your order." And did you have any help with this at this point, like? When you're cutting, I mean, you're also working full time. So like, are you cutting mostly on weekends? Because every day can't be devoted to cutting these puzzles and and responding to people. So how are you managing that new influx? Absolutely. So exactly. We uh, cut as much as we could. I mean, I was cutting every day. This is my garage. Uh Um, But my, my brother doesn't live with me. My parents don't live with me. So they were coming on the weekends to cut. My brother actually at the time was working part-time. And so he was able to come, you know, a few days a week. And we ended up hiring a friend of his that was laid off during COVID. And she was cutting literally all day while I was in meetings. And I was like, I just hear the machine running (laughs) in the background. (laughs) So we were cutting, you know, every day, but it was definitely significantly, uh, you know, not nearly as many uh, as days we needed. (laughs) Oh my goodness. And then customer yeah. service, was that you or your, your friend that you hired or that was person? me. Um, I handled every single e- handle and still do handle every single email that comes in. And I like, even like just after the show, 
aired, it was just a lot of stuff was just people saying like, oh, thank you so much. I love this idea, you know, that kind of stuff. And like, I made sure that we responded to every single email because I'm like, they took time out of their day to go to the CBS website, to go to our website, to send us this message. And like, that is so special to us. So we responded to every single email. (laughs) Would you say it's improved since then? So that was in, you said January. Now, Mm -hmm. (laughs) how is it feeling like as the year went on? Like, how did you get a handle on managing demand, managing supply, and Mm -hmm. managing fulfillment? Well, from there, we did, I mean, I know you're talking about challenges. Like, one of the big challenges was, like, eventually we we knew that this was not sustainable. We have to hire a manufacturing company. And so we hired a company that was just getting into the puzzle business, which was a Mm -hmm. good thing because it means they could take our orders when other people were saying, no, we're not taking anymore. But it was a bad thing Mm -hmm. in that they had a lot of issues. And so, mm. like they would say, they told us we would get our puzzles by mid February. We didn't get them from them until April or May. Wow. And so that was an issue. Um, we ended up so we've gone through different manufacturers, um, and but eventually we have we finally have gotten to a better place there, um, where we now have a manufacturer that we work with. We have a couple of manufacturer sources mm-hmm. that we can work with. And, you know, we have puzzles in-house where we can, like, ship them out as soon as the orders come in. And that okay. has just significantly made things <laughs> uh, much easier oh, and good. a lot so less So you stressful. have more inventory in-house now. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. wow. And what made you decide to launch a business during the pandemic? Like, what? I love the fact that, you know, so many people were, I mean, that it was a rough time and a lot of people were discouraged from doing anything, mm-hmm. but you were encouraged to start this whole new business. Um, <laughs> why, why do you think that is? Uh, well, you know, this podcast is about side hustle. For me, it was <laughs> actually the thing that that really made the decision for me was after I mm-hmm. got back from maternity leave because I had the idea. We had the idea in 2019. Yeah, didn't start the business until 2020. But my daughter, I came back from maternity leave and my job had changed. They they moved me to a different apartment. I was doing some of the same work, but I was doing a lot of different work because it at my day job I do a lot of things involving events and there were no events during COVID. (laughs) And so with that, I was like, I am just not in my passion. And we have this idea that I would be very passionate about. So it was kind of like, if I'm going to be doing something that I don't love, like how do I balance that? And how do I find something to to make myself feel, you know, fulfilled outside of this job? Um, And so that was kind of the reason why we started during the pandemic and also just like, Hey, we're not doing anything on the weekends. We're not going out, you know? <laughs> so yeah, like we yeah. can do, we can afford to start this business. And it was, it worked out well for us because like we had like our, you know, little COVID bubble, like where we saw mm-hmm. each other. We didn't ever have like that feeling of isolation that so many people were having um, yes. because we were constantly around each other. So the pandemic worked out in that way. Yeah, that's really, I love hearing stories like this because, you know, it's so hard to hear when people, you know, have gone through um, this time. And, and while it's understandable, I think it's it's also nice to hear of like stories like this where you you were able to channel that into something positive and, and, and really grow it from there. 
So guys, have you been thinking about starting your own podcast? So you've been thinking about all these different ideas or you have one idea that just keeps coming back to you, but you're not sure how to start. Or if you have started, you're not sure why you can't grow it as much as you want to grow it. And you're also confused about how to truly make it your side hustle, right? Like how do you go from having this show that you do in your closet like I do to actually making money and actually using it as a platform to grow? Well, that's what I'm here for. I am going to be teaching you how to make podcasts in your side hustle this Thursday, March 31st, 7 p.m. Eastern. Go over to podcastmoguls.com to register so we can go over some things, all right? And it's also your opportunity to pick my brain. Stay until the end so you can get to the Q&A and you can ask me anything that you want to ask me about podcasting. You can talk to me about challenges and I am here as your resource. This training is completely free. I love doing this because you can walk away from this training and completely make a difference in your show. So go over to podcastmoguls.com. Make sure you are registered. Again, that's podcastmoguls.com to learn how to make podcasting your side hustle. What about upfront costs in terms of, you know, a lot of times people invest a lot of money on the upfront side into their materials and their supply, you know, all the cost of goods. And they don't see that profit for a while. What's been your experience with uh, Puzzles of Color? Well, we were really lucky in that the upfront costs weren't insane. Like the machine itself, like we, we, we sourced around and found like a, you, well, actually we ended up buying a brand new machine, but we bought it from overseas. Mm -hmm. And so it was significantly cheaper. We were looking at some used and things like that. The dyes and all that stuff. We knew that like margin wise, we were okay. And we knew that if we buy, you know, X amount of the puzzles already on the boards that we'd cut them and we'd sell them for certain amount. And so we knew that we could balance it out. Like, Oh, we can only, if we sell, hundred puzzles, then we'll break even or whatever it was. Yeah. And so the upfront cuts l- costs luckily were not um, too, too bad. Um, mm-hmm. The maintenance costs <laughs> are a different story. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what's involved in maintenance? Well, for us now that we have, you know, a manufacturer and, you know, sometimes we're going overseas, but sometimes we're local. It's, it gets really expensive. The shipping of things, mm-hmm. the, and the cost of like now with the volume that we're buying is so much higher than what we were buying before. And so that's a lot more upfront cost, you know, and then, you know, hope that that one, that puzzle sells as well as you, as you hope it will. Um, yeah. And so that, that part, it's like, oh, this is a pretty expensive to keep up, but yes. <laughs> But, you know, it takes money to make money, I guess. It takes money to make money. Are you having to like pour almost all of it back into like the the next big batch order? Or are you able to retain some of that to hire more to pay yourselves? Like how how has it been? Because I mean, it's still it's less than two years old. Yeah. Yeah. So we did not pay ourselves the whole, we paid ourselves, I think, well, actually, no, we didn't. I was going to say we paid ourselves the first year, but we didn't. Um, (laughs) We just started paying ourselves this year uh, in 2022. Uh, So we, and I, and I I was like, listen, this is too much work for me to not see anything out of it. Like (laughs) the whole point of this was to get paid. And so I was like, that was like one of the things that I said is the absolute goal this year is to pay ourselves, Mm -hmm. even though we are putting a significant amount back into the business. So, you know, we're paying ourselves technically, but (laughs) not enough to live with, not enough to live off of. (laughs) It's still something. I like that you set that goal and you know what 
did it take to achieve that goal in terms of um, product mix? I'm really curious because you you touched on, I you know, I hope this puzzle sells. Mm-hmm. So are you doing any kind of consumer research first and trying to figure out what's the right amount of puzzles to have on the site? How can we test the puzzle before we go and invest in making a whole bunch? What's that process like? Uh, it's still very much a work in progress. Uh, we have done like i know one puzzle we have just that just came out um is called sisters and it was actually uh-huh. done by the same artist that did our, our puzzle that we did in the first collection called black boy joy and people were asking for that puzzle they <laughs> saw they'd seen it on like the picture that we that our artist picture it was in the background and they were like where is that i want that one. where is that behind her <laughs> and so we've had a few where it was like okay there's a demand for this like or, you know, they may be like, oh, I see that we have a puzzle with a father and son. Can I get up? Where's the mom? You know, that kind of thing. So we've had, yeah. you know, some feedback as far as that is concerned. And we've been able to, to try to find something within that realm. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is still very, it's also like, hey, we don't have this yet. Like, let's try mm-hmm. a puzzle with this and see what, yeah. what happens. And, um, and, and then also knowing your de- demographics, like we know that like, we have a lot of female buyers. We know the age ranges that we're working with. And so from there, we kind of think of like, what is what is in the mindset of those consumers? Speaking of those consumers now, let's touch more on marketing. Now, I know I said that the name speaks for itself. It does, <laughs> you know, part of the work for you. But mm-hmm. after the CBS story aired and, you know, that dies down a little bit, how do you mm-hmm. maintain the marketing? What are some things that you do to generate interest and awareness of your brand? You know, we have not run an ad campaign yet. We have been very fortunate in that we like, we got a huge mailing list after CBS and we've had, we were just recently on The View and we got, oh, so nice. we got a, a, an influx in, of mailing list there. Yeah. Um, and so from there, we've really just been able to kind of like send a lot of like marketing emails mm-hmm. to our to our existing list. Um, yeah. But I think where we do spend money is events. Mm-hmm. Um, we have gone, to, we just came back from South by Southwest in Austin, Texas. Um, we were just at a trade show that we went to in February. So we're trying to like get out there because we know one thing we do know is like when people see us, they buy, um, yes. and they may not, they know, you know, you may not always get them on social media ads, but like when they see you in person, they really, it's like, oh, wow, I have to have that. Um, so we actually attended the state fair, um, we're in Texas. So this Texas state fair last year and that's like a month-long event we only did half of it but we just like got a huge influx of people from there um and that's like just where we really spent a lot of our money is like events and then we also do have like of course like a lot of cross promotion with our artists like if our artist has an event going on we are promoting that and then the artists are Mm -hmm. also of course promoting their puzzle because they get a percentage of all the sales okay and and thank you for mentioning that because i was curious about that do you work with more than one artist do you yeah. Yep. We have um, out of the you know 14 puzzles, we have 13 artists. So yeah, we oh, actually... Was that a conscious decision to go with more than one person rather than like have one artist do many different puzzles? Yeah. Yeah. We, I mean, there are definitely some artists where we're like, oh my gosh, you have so much great stuff. Like we're going to have to come back to you. Um, yeah. But we did make a conscious decision of working with multiple artists because like we want to give multiple artists that platform that we Mm -hmm. um, provide. And then also it's really good because we have different styles. Like, so you may not love the art of blossom, 
but you may love do what makes you happy or you know whatever like you you it gives everybody a chance to find something that speaks to them Right. It matches your aesthetic a little bit more. Exactly. I, I, I imagine some people, are, you do the puzzle, then you want to frame it and, yeah. and just like, you know, have it as art. So Absolutely. I, I think that's that that's a really cool decision. Now, yeah. you mentioned your email list. Mm-hmm. So, you know, email lists, they're one of those things that sometimes people think it's really easy or it will just come, you know, organically. People will go to your website, but it actually takes some skill to get people to give you that email, especially mm-hmm. if they haven't purchased yet. Yeah. So uh, what are some tips that you've learned in your journey so far? What really helps with building that um, email list? Um, well, we have like a pop-up just automatically on our website and my brother fought me over that. He was like, I don't, I was like, are you kidding me? I know, I'm the like, pop-ups. You have to do this. The, like, the thing is, I always think about taking out, I just, me too. Like I feel bad sometimes, but then you, you look at those signups, exactly. you look at those conversion rates. Exactly. I mean, You're literally, like, okay, people are signing up. Exactly. I'm like, you can give off 5%. Like it can be a tiny amount, but people will do it. Cause it's like, I mean, yeah. heck, why not? Like, I mean, even if I'm not yeah. going to buy something now, I'll say, I'll use the code eventually, you know? And so right. uh, that is a big source. Um, but also when we're at Vince, we, you know, ask people to sign up for our mailing list there. When we uh, have been on like the TV shows and things like that, we've gotten some signups that direction. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of like other sources, but I think that's really been mostly it. The, the pop-up is like a big mm-hmm. source of, of our signups. Yes. I, I'm glad that you, you mentioned that because, you know, they've even kind of rebranded pop-ups so mm-hmm. that we don't feel as bad as marketers. Yeah. You call them like the hello bar, yeah. the uh, welcome box. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, makes, I think that's what ours is, a welcome box. What we're doing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Welcome, <laughs> we're welcoming people and we're saying hello. So just think of it like that because it, it actually works, you guys. You yeah. might think it's annoying, but do it, test it, and you will see that conversion rate yep. is extraordinarily high. Um, and then also there's text. We also have, yes. uh, like, we just recently started doing the text message marketing as well. Because I know for me, I sign up for for mailing lists and I don't always see them because they go to that separate promotion box or whatever. Right. Um, and so we actually also have a text um, text membership and it's called like puzzle club um and so from there people uh-huh. can get a discount and they also hear about like we had uh, a flash sale for two 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 day and so uh-huh. like, you know they get like all kinds of random flash sales and perks from that as well okay <laughs> and what where did you um incorporate pr into your strategy is it was this a, another conscious decision or is it something that kind of came about through relationships and um organically that was something that again came this year we were lucky that we kind of were able oh. to ride the wave of the pr that we got last year um but we just were like okay we know that you know, we can't go to every <laughs> event in every state. And so we need to get in front of people's faces in a different way. Um, and another thing mm-hmm. is like, we were, we were pre- predominantly on television, just like organically, because a lot of other, you know, once you've seen on one thing, you get picked up other places. Um, but we were like, well, yeah. we want to get into magazines and all these other sources of media that we don't necessarily have an, an insight into. So that's where we were like, okay, let's, let's see about hiring a PR person to help us with that endeavor. Very smart because, yeah, you're right. There's so many places where your consumers are Mm -hmm. (laughs) and they may not come across you as as awesome and amazing and and far reaching as television is. Mm -hmm. You just you're not hitting everybody crazy enough. Right. I Listen, like I see Love is Blind and all kinds of random shows. And I'm like, I have Netflix, but I have Netflix. I have Hulu. I have so many things. And like 
we're we were on like yeah. you know regular television people there are a lot of people who don't even have television anymore because they have all the streaming that's true i mean it is exactly. a very saturated yeah. <laughs> uh, market <Yeah. laughs> for sure for sure you are in this space where you're doing so much more business how are you juggling the full-time and the side hustle making space for both especially in are you virtual or are you are you going into the office yes uh, we work virtually i actually happen to be just off today but um <laughs> i i will tell you that is one very that is definitely a struggle especially recently <laughs> is yeah. balancing and juggling i also have a two-year-old and so yes. Um, I work a full job and I will work a full day of work. I actually just recently ended up sending her to daycare because she was, she used to be at home with me on top of all of this. Um, mm-hmm. but sending her to daycare was a big help. Um, I work a regular day job and then I take a break after she gets off of school and we have mm-hmm. lunch and, you know, or dinner, um, and we play and then I go back, back to work and yeah. I start working on puzzles of color at night. So it is a, a lot. <laughs> wow. More power to you. I know about having that yeah. little two-year-old, um, coworker at home. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I know, absolutely. I know how that goes. <laughs> it was magical when she was really, really little. I, I yeah. loved it, but once yeah. she got once she got mobile, I was like, "All right, daddy." <laughs> <laughs> I love you, baby. (laughs) It's just so cool to see them, though, what they're learning and and how they're interacting with their little fellow, you know, short little people. So (laughs) exactly. So um, before we get into the lightning round, I'd love to know a little bit more about how you guys are thinking about the business. Uh, moving forward, you know, like how you're thinking of where you want to, how you want to expand it or how do you want to maintain it in a way so that it allows you guys to not be so, so hands-on. Yeah. If you're starting to think through those things, like I'd love to hear how you guys are approaching it. Absolutely. Well, I will say we are very fortunate. Also, I didn't, my dad is just retired um, fairly recently, like months, a few months ago. So he's able to really help take a little bit of the pressure off. Um, and honestly, for us, because it is like such a family business and we're getting to spend so much time together, we have kept a lot of things that we didn't necessarily have to because it was just nice <laughs> to all be together. So we have kept a lot of things that we don't necessarily have to. But one thing yeah. we are working on is actually... Um, we just um, started working with a company that can help us as far as like the retailers and getting into the retailer and managing mm. that relationship because that is one thing that I don't feel like I've been the best at is keeping up the relationships once we've once we've worked with them. Um, okay. And so we are just kind of thinking about like, what do we like to do and what mm-hmm. do we not? Because yeah. either we pay ourselves or we pay somebody else, but it does have to get done. And so yeah. like my brother loves the graphic design. He likes to create so what are the other things that you're doing? And let's get those off of your plate. Mm-hmm. Um, and same thing for me. I just hired somebody to handle our taxes because I cannot do it anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and so like, you know, kind of trying to figure out like list all those things and what do you like to keep? What, what do you want to keep? And then what do you mm-hmm. not like? And, and that's mm-hmm. kind of been our pro- approach. Yes. And the good thing with listing too, is that you start to kind of 
write down uh, what people need to help you with. Because when it's all in yeah. your head and you're just like, I just want a social media person or I just want to, you know, yeah. this person to do this. It's like, well, what does that entail? What does that look like? <laughs> how yeah. many hours does that require? Exactly. Uh, so, yeah. And then you realize, you don't even realize how much you, you're doing because you're yeah. just so busy doing it. Yeah. And so like, definitely it's like, oh man, and it I comes easily a lot a of time on that stuff. And I, <laughs> yeah. that's not, that's not the best use of my time. And so yeah. really that was, that's been like the way we've kind of established like okay i'm spending way too much time over here i need to be Mm -hmm. doing this let's list it out and and start knocking them out (laughs) yep all right so we're going to jump into a quick lightning round you just answer the very first thing that comes to mind are you ready okay number one (laughs) what is a resource that has helped you in your business that you can share with the side hustle pro audience I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is, is the list. Like I am a, I mean, of course I have a puzzle company. I am a very analog person. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and so I write things down. I can, you know, I can do a list on the computer, but it's not as effective for me as writing it yeah. down. So that okay. is a resource <laughs> uh, that I use Love in a notepad. It. Having a planner every year, I buy a planner. <laughs> okay. Number two, what's been the best business book or podcast episode or content that you use to feed your mind that you've consumed this year? Very much podcast. I wish I had time to read. Um, <laughs> but I am like so swamped. Uh, so I definitely listen to a lot of podcasts, including yours. So I'm really excited oh, to be here. Thank um, you. <laughs> I also listen to, um, there's a podcast called CEO School that I listen to. Like I listen to a lot of like the podcast about mom entrepreneurs because I feel like yes. it's another level when you have a yes. little one yes. and a business and all those things that you have to balance. Um, so mm-hmm. those kind of you know things that can help me to learn while I'm multitasking are really yes. helpful. <laughs> um, number three, what is a non-negotiable part of your morning or day routine? Dropping my child off at daycare. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's right. I'm telling you the day, like she's, <laughs> she's had like sniffles lately and I'm like, uh-uh, yeah. knock that out. Get some Benadryl, uh, you gotta out. go. <laughs> Like, oh man, and I, 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 I oh really, you know, I hear you. Okay, <laughs> yeah, number, and I'm lucky that because <laughs> because my dad is retired, I'm lucky that like if if she really cannot go to daycare, I'm like, yeah. Dad, I need you to come pick her up. <laughs> like, I'll yeah. come over, I'll come to you. Whatever. Our son is with his her. grandparents right now. <laughs> Shout out to the grandparents. That's why we moved back to New York. Hundred like, percent. He's not in daycare yet for you know a little bit while longer so yeah it's it's totally grandma grandpa daycare so yes and thankful to them so i couldn't yes. do this episode with my you. my okay. papa shark is what my grandma my baby calls him is papa oh, shark yes papa let's go shark. visit papa shark <laughs> <laughs> um number four now what is a personal habit that you think has contributed to your success I think the list honestly is a big thing like and like the fact that i already am like a fairly organized person that just mm-hmm. helps, you know, I think, I mean, yes. there's so many things that you have to do as an entrepreneur. And so like getting that stuff in, or, in order for yeah. yourself so that you can attack them um, is, is key. And then finally, number five, what is your parting advice for fellow women side hustlers who want to pursue that idea, but are just scared of going after it? Oh, I mean, I think definitely look at the marketplace. And if, mm-hmm. if it's a problem for you, 
it's probably a problem for somebody else. Like, I mean, there are so many things that you think that you're just the only one. We didn't know that that any other anybody else was looking for puzzles by black people or puzzles by, you know, and we were, we kind of just jumped out on faith, but like the response has been amazing. So I think like, trust your gut is a big thing that we've had to do. And, um, and it's, it's really guided us well. All right. So where can people connect with puzzles of color after this episode? Where can we get our puzzles? Sure. Absolutely. We are puzzlesofcolor.com and at puzzles of color on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, all of the above TikTok. Um, and then also right. we have a podcast <laughs> where we um where we interview our artists and we get like um some feedback from them as far as like their creative process and the things that in- inspire and motivate them. So oh. feel free to look out, look for vibing cool. with um on wherever okay, you get your podcasts. With. Yeah. <laughs> I will link to that, you guys. All right. Well, Erica, thank you so much for being in the guest chair. I'm so excited to have you here. I can't wait for everyone to listen. And um, you guys, there you have it. I'll talk to you next week. Thank you. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Side Hustle Pro. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. It helps other side hustlers just like you to find the show. And if you want to hear more from me, you can follow me on Instagram at Side Hustle Pro. Plus, sign up for my six bullet Saturday newsletter at sidehustlepro.co slash newsletter. When you sign up, you will receive weekly nuggets from me, including what I'm up to, personal lessons, and my business tip of the week. Again, that's sidehustlepro.co slash newsletter to sign up. Talk to you soon.